Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent setting injury lawyers. I don't know if we'll find out by eight. The Oil Kings, both teams are wearing uh, mismatched socks. So the Oil Kings have a red sock and a white, and the Hitmen have a one black sock. And, and by the way, Reed, I've been on the road all week, and so am I. I'm mismatched socks. <laughs> Sorry. Oil Kings lead one nothing over the Hitmen. Five two left in the first. Bears and UBC are tied at one. About six minutes left in the first period. Hurricanes lead the Capitals 3-2 in the third. Also in the third, sends up 2-1 on the Flyers. Bruins up 2-0 on the Jets. Late second period, no score. About 14 minutes in between the Sabres and the Flames. Oilers, Devils tomorrow. Same lineup for Edmonton, but Costin will be the goaltender. 11.30 a.m. for the face-off show as we got a fight here. And uh, the game will start at 1 as the Oilers close out the five-game homestand. Trade deadline coverage with Stoff at 11 a.m. So he'll do an extended Oilers now on Monday. And then the Oilers play in Denver that night. All right. Ready for more, folks? And it should be noted, Claude Giroux did not even yeah, travel with travel. the Flyers to Ottawa to play against. And that would hurt him in many ways because he's from that area. He's from Hawkesbury, which is not far from Ottawa. We got Victor on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Victor, you're on with Reed and John. Hey there. Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, Victor. go ahead. Hey, um, yeah, John, uh, I know you've done broadcasting for so many years, and you said you were in the CFL doing some great cups and stuff. Yep. My question about your opinion, I'd just like to know what your opinion is in regards to the way the CFL is being broadcast now. Um, I think of the U Sports that's out there, uh, U Sports football specifically. Um, is there any future involved in this? Or are we watching the slow demise? of the CFL broadcasting. Uh, um, I see what Victor Q is doing in Edmonton with his fan interaction and his connections there. And uh, I, I don't know, I'd just like to hear your opinion on how you think if there's anything that can be done to improve the uh, broadcasting. Because I, I see over and over they're doing the same things every year. You know, it's the same over and over doing the same. There's no one's changing. And then you see someone like Victor Q come into the Edmonton organization and he's just radically changed so much. Yeah. Can you see anything like that happening with uh, broadcast and DFL? Um, well, I, I tell you what, listen, I, I think TSN has done a marvelous job with the product for a long period of time. I, I really do. I, I think that what Paul Graham and the people at, uh, at TSN, by Paul Graham, by the way, is an Edmonton guy, love, still loves the, uh, the uh, football team here. Uh, and they have tried to really improve the product, better camera angles, more cameras, more technology. You see the spider cam, the camera, the, the, the camera that's on the wire above uh, above the field. Uh, TSN has invested a lot in in trying to um, improve the quality. The biggest issue in so many ways for so many people is the moment you put a television production of a CFL game, you sit there and compare it to the National Football League, uh, and there are so many things that are 
unfairly compared. I mean, the, the, the field size alone, the stadium size alone, the theater atmosphere of an NFL game versus a CFL game changes the whole perception. I, I think the bigger issue in the CFL isn't to do with television. I think the, 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 the CFL perception right now is the quality of the game has dropped. Fair or unfair, that, and I'm not saying that's my opinion, but I think there's a true perception yes, in the marketplace is the football isn't as good. And whether that's because the NFL now carries a 15-man taxi squad, so a lot of those guys who used to be part of the airlifts every year to come to Canada and maybe stay. And the other thing is the CFL has to do a better job of getting American players to come here and staying. You know, the naturalized import system, the, uh, you know, the, the, we talked about Ron Lancaster. He's an American, but after staying for five years for the same team, he got designated yeah. as a non-import, and that, that gave him another reason to stay in our country. And I know Randy Ambrosi, and Randy and I have actually talked about it. Uh, th there's a really good chance that they're going to do a better job of trying to get quality NFL players or American-born players and s have them stay here longer. That's the big issue. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to pick on a guy at all, but you can't have a guy like Kevin Glenn play for all nine teams. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, uh, there's too many one-year contracts that's in right. general. Well, and, and they're doing that because, you know, they're non-guaranteed. You, you know, what's the point in doing it? You have to respect the player wanting to go home. That's the problem. When I was a kid, when you were a kid, Reed, uh, I could name all nine starting quarterbacks of the Canadian Football League because it was the same guys for five oh, years. Oh, easy, yeah. And so that was important to the success of the league. It's name recognition and it, uh, uh, to identify it. And the problem is is that you can't be as old as me and sit here and, and uh, you know, ha give a lecture on when I was a kid, this is what worked and didn't because there's a generation of fans out there under the age of 30 that aren't near as interested in the CFL as we want them to be because they don't think it's as good. And I think that one thing that can help, quite frankly, is fantasy and gambling. And it whether, might whether, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I spoke to someone uh, I trust today who cares deeply about the league because he used to play in it. I'm not going to say who that was, but people know there are a lot of former Elks on this show that I know. And he thinks that... Uh, he, he says he, he doesn't feel the quality has dropped off as much as a lot of people are saying. Oh, no, and I, I, and I, I I'm one of the ones who said it was, but he does. He also felt that missing 2020 hurt offenses more than defenses, and he also felt we're in a defensive cycle and that the offenses now have to take a step forward. Well, I tell, you, I, I tell you what, I don't think the, the, the lack of play in 2020 affected the, st the, the play at all. What it did do was it proved to a lot of Canadians they can live without it. That's, it, it, it was, it's all about the optics. Like, we didn't have the CFL. Nobody lamented there's no Grey Cup game. Nobody lamented because it wasn't there. And what's not there, you don't miss. Well, and that's, I, I remember talking about that. Will absence make the heart grow fonder? No, and it or didn't. Or will, yeah. It didn't, it didn't. It made, it, it made I think for some people, I, I missed it. But I, I understand generally what you're saying, though, though I might quibble with some of the details. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, I don't think the league is dying. But I, oh, but, no. I, but I understand why we get asked that question. And, yes, do I, do I wish, you know, there were a lot of close games in the CFL 
but is is uh, eighteen fourteen the same as thirty eight thirty four? Unfortunately, well, it here, isn't. And, and the frustration now is is that the NFL is playing the game the CFL played twenty years ago. They really are. Sure, they are. They're passing you know, the ball shotgun. I mean, sixty-five percent of the time. I, I mean, CFL quarterbacks have been on the shotgun since the mid '90s. Sure, Mouse Davis came here uh, and and coached in the uh, in the CFL uh, for the with the run and shoot. And next thing you know, five years later, they talk about the run and shoot in the NFL, and and they decided it was easier to pass for three yards than it was to run for three yards. We've known that for years. We knew that for years in our country. And what happened, it's really a shame, but I do think that goes to the quality of the quarterbacks in this league. Well, that, that is a problem. That yes, is, it is. It is a problem. It is a problem. Uh, and by the way, this person I talked to said this talk of the CFL going to possibly going to four downs, he, he called it blanking ridiculous. Yeah, he basically right. said it wouldn't work. Huffnagel, I did see say something interesting, that what if you brought the hash marks closer together? And then the wide side of the field isn't so wide. That might that that could help as well. We got Darcy on the certainty hotline. No, no. <laughs> no, <the laughs> yeah, well, you know, John's always trying to figure a way how he could hit the hit the. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> we got Darcy on with John here. Darcy, go ahead. Oh, hi there, Reed. Uh, I just wanted to address uh, this with John. John, I'm about the same vintage as yourself and Al Mitchell, and I can attest to all the uh, accolades heaped upon yourselves. But uh, what I wanted to what I wanted to ask you, John, I like uh, my bucket list was complete back in the days of the Gretzky Messier era. So I, I'm not really a passionate fan, but I listen all the time. And what I what I'm noticing, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that. Really, McDavid and Drysdale get too much ice time, and maybe there's some oblivious thing going on. Derek Ryan had addressed prior to what was happening, and I don't think they were like. I mean, now the new coaching staff is kind of in the tra trajectory that they are going in the right direction, but I think there was some animosity created, and I think these guys obliviously are kind of the issue. I no, think they. That, I don't. I, I, no, no, no. no. No, okay. listen, listen the, the, the 18 guys that are playing for this hockey club, want they all are pulling in the same direction. They all want to win. Here, but here's the thing. So it, it, let's say that Reed or you or, or I, we, we become the coach of, the, of, of this team, and, and you, you look down uh, at your bench in the third period, and you're down by two goals. And you see uh, two players in front of you that have 85 points, and then you see two guys in front of you that have 35 points. Who are you going to put on the ice? Because you're down two goals. And that's the challenge. I mean, if you sit and, and talk to Jay now, and I've been lucky enough to do it a couple times this week, he wants to balance the ice time because it's going to be better for McDavid and Dreisaitl in the end. But right now as this team starts to get and, and, and play in, in a proper form, you might have to play your better players more. That's just a fact of life as you get a team trying to really grasp and, and create an identity. I do think when Ryan Nugent Hopkins returns next week, when you have McDavid playing 22 minutes, Dreisaitl playing 22 minutes, Nugent Hopkins playing 21 minutes, and then uh, uh, Ryan McLeod playing 17 minutes because he'll get special teams time. The balance will really help this team in the long run. And I think that that's, that's going to happen and it's going to come. It may not come right away. It may not come this season, 
But if this team uh, continues on this trajectory, I think we'll see that next October for sure. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. One more segment with John Shannon on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. This has been a fun hour. John Shannon joining me here at Rogers Place. First intermission now, by the way. Ola Kings leading the Hitman one zip. Well, John, people like talking to you, believe it or not. Cool. Tell my wife that. <laughs> we got Joseph on the Certainty Hotline as well. Joseph, go ahead, sir. Okay, John and Reed. I just want to talk uh, about the Russian hockey players in the NHL right now. Sure. And uh, because of the Russian attack on the nation of the Ukraine there, I think, like all the other businesses, are, san- are sanctioning the Russian uh, country. So I think they, uh, the, we should sanction the Russian hockey players from playing in the NHL as well. What they about, show our okay, opposition so, okay, to. Uh, Let me ask you a question. What about? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's some uh, Russian uh, students at the University of Alberta. What do you do? Send them home too? Well, send the whole work. What, yeah. what about the guys that uh, work in the Russian banks in Toronto and New York City? Do you send them home too? Well, they, they sanction so much other stuff, John. Though, like, I mean, I don't know if you can get everything, but I think you should let, let the uh, uh, the country know that we uh, we don't condone what the Russians are doing. You well, know? I, think, I think they know that. And, and, but what, but that, uh, that's, let's take it to the extent there's there has been one outspoken. There's been a few, but the one really outspoken Russian-born player uh, in the NHL uh, criticizing Putin, and that's Artemi Panarin in, with the New York Rangers. He actually had to take a leave of absence uh, because he was threatened by uh, certain people in Russia a year ago. Uh, because he's been outspoken and anti-Putin, does he is he allowed to stay? Well, and here's what's happening, and I'm just double-checking here. Uh, the World Hockey Championships, France and Austria... They're replacing, are replacing Russia, Russia, Russia and, and Belarus. Belarus. That's right. Latvia is replacing Russia at the World Juniors, which are going to be here in Edmonton in August, by the way. No one's going to tell well, you officially yet. And, and, and then, uh, then there's going to be another World Junior in December uh, that was supposed to be in Russia. And I think tomorrow or, or, or the next day we'll find out where it's going. He, here's, here's the thing, and, and, I, and I appreciate what Joseph is asking, and I realize Ovechkin went on the booing tour and all that kind of stuff. Um, if... If, you know, we got a lot of Canadians playing hockey, basketball, volleyball, sure. professionally guys in, in, the in, in Europe. We, we got, got guys g- in the KHL. So if Canada did something that was bad on the international stage, I don't think we'd ever attack another nation. But if another country got mad at Canada and told the uh, guy who played four years at the U of A and got a great deal to play basketball in Austria for a year and make some money, yeah. He's got to come home. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you know. I understand. I understand the the patriotism. I understand uh, our support of Ukraine. I really do. Uh, it it is a disgusting, awful mess that the Russians have created in that country. Not just for those two countries, but for the world. I think it's terrible. But we also we also we live in a democratic state and a de- democratic country, and and. People do have a right of freedom of speech in our country, too. Uh, and they d- we don't necessarily agree with them. Um, but I don't think sanctioning athletes, they shouldn't be ostracized, nor should they be put on pedestals. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. Here's what's going to happen if this thing continues. I do expect 
there will be some level of sanctions by the governments, not by the leagues, because I think it's out of their hands, by the governments, by the United States, by Canada, by all the members of NATO, to say we are sanctioning Russian nationals across the world. That might happen. Mm -hmm. And then the players at that point, if they, want, if they want to continue to live in the United States and Canada and have a life in the United States and Canada, might have to decide whether they have to go home or, or ask for can, or clemency and ask for a Canadian passport or an American passport. And doing that, in doing that, they will put their families at risk at home. And is it worth it? And that becomes a key question. Yeah. Well, and you're right. We're, we're, and we're still probably in the very early stages of how it's all going to play out for sure. Uh, John, this has been an absolute pleasure coming in, and we're going to talk more on the uh, the face-off show tomorrow, which will be fun. Trade deadline day. Yeah. I, don't, I, I almost hesitate starting this with four minutes left in the show. The TV coverage. Yeah. Speaking, we, we started off by talking about how much is too much. <laughs> but here, here, But here's the thing with both TSN and with Sportsnet. Um, you know, those things are private enterprises. The, 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 their jobs, uh, lots of people, their jobs are to make money. Yes. If, if, if TSN didn't do, if, if TSN wasn't making money for those eight hours, they would not be done. They would do six hours and say we'll sell six hours. Right. They sell them out. The ratings are good for that period of time. They make money in doing it. So it, it's, is it long? Sure. But by the way. How do so many of us know that it's long? Because we watch all of but it. Yeah, that, and that was my next <laughs> point. By the way, nobody said you had to start at 6 in the morning and watch until 3 in the <laughs> afternoon, Read. You know, you're supposed to be able to drop in, go away, do your job, check your computer. Oh, another trade's made. But not everybody is sitting there watching every moment of all 14 hours it's not it's not designed that way but people do it some do it some do, do it some do it <laughs> yes <laughs> by the way it, uh, having done 11 or 12 of them it is a painful day to work on well that's what we'll talk about tomorrow because i want to get those oh, painful well and i mean we, when we were off air we were just shooting the the breeze and stuff and you know jay onright is a good friend of mine and he comes on the show every once in name a while and tells it, stories about out the basket name dropper well what can i say i have no but friends remember so. the <laughs> that's <laughs> but i mean he used i don't think he does it anymore but he would do just the goofy blog throughout the day Sure. As extra content. Sure. Because it's like, oh, yeah. here's, here's one of our guys, and he's at home with his plant and a glass of milk well, right in the block. you know, I mean, they have tried things. TSN, do you remember uh, they, I mean, they had the, the, the water cannon. I think they had the T-shirt cannon. I mean, they've had, they've had the llama come into the studio. I think that James Duthie thinks of these things uh, on TSN. And, 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 you know, hey, listen, uh, you know, very few trades will occur at they go on the air, I think, at 8 in the morning. So six, 6 Mountain Time. Very few trades happen at 6 Mountain until just before 11 a.m. Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you supposed to talk about for that period of time? Yeah. But, but, I mean, you make a point. It's, it's better than having uh, whatever countdown show or, the, or the 14th playing of the Blue Jays game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blue Jays in 30 or misplays of the week for the 14th time. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do those countdown shows. Like, I'll, I'd sooner flip to just some other random channel. Yeah, Cooking Network, for example. No, you I should. You should work there, John. 
I tell you what, I uh, my wife gets mad at me all the time. I am addicted to diners, drivers, and divers. That's a that's, that's a great show. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm addicted to it. I actually have a list in my phone of places that I've watched about, and when I go to that city, I try to track it down and go to one of Guy Fieri's diners, drivers, and dives specials. See. If you work for the Food Network at this point in your career, that would be cherry on top. <laughs> if I worked for the Food Network now, I'd be 900 pounds. <laughs> I will rejoin you at 11.30 tomorrow morning for the face-off show, Oilers and Devils at 1. This was a blast to have John Shannon spend an hour with me here on Inside Sports. Thanks to everybody who called in as well. Brendan Clack is your studio producer this evening. Dave Campbell, of course, the producer of Inside Sports. My name's Reed. Take care. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.